and welcome to another episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. I'm your host, Adam Omakais, tuning in all the way from Los Angeles, California, for episode number 82 with my new good friend, Kenny. Thank you, Kenny, for joining me today. Kenny came to me through fate, which is great. I love when stuff just happens organically, naturally. I found Kenny while I was doing comp research for my new book based on this podcast. And comp research is when you look up books that are in the same realm, the same world, or have the same principles as the book you're doing as a way to demonstrate that this book is viable. Look at these other markets that were successful. So Kenny has two books. He has a Backstage Pass and Stagehand 101, which immediately got me thinking, darn it, I need more information on these things. He's written books on it. What better person to talk to than Kenny himself? So I went to Kenny's Instagram. I figured out we had a mutual friend by the name of Miranda McDonald who toured with him on Need to Breathe, which is an artist, uh, as a photographer. And Miranda's a good friend of mine, so I hit her up. I said, hey, can you connect me to Kenny? And a week later, we were talking on the podcast, and we had one of my most favorite episodes to date, which I probably say all the time, but that doesn't make it any less true. Now, Kenny is a great teacher. He's a great learner, which I think goes hand in hand. Kenny is a very curious person, and because of that, he learns a lot. And because of that, he teaches very well. And I think him and I have a lot of things in common, which is what makes us so obsessed with this industry. There's just so much to learn. But I'll acknowledge that one of the things that I don't think I'm very good at is the things I haven't experienced. And I have not experienced finding the music industry through being a stagehand, which is a very common route to getting on tour. However, my experience was a little different because I was a photographer. I'm not necessarily good with my hands or a tech or anything like that. But a lot of people are, and that's how they find this industry, and that's how Kenny found this industry, and that's the way he teaches to get into this industry. In fact, we'll put all of his links in the caption. He also coaches people to help them achieve this jump that is difficult to do. So thank you, Kenny, for doing that. Thank you for being part of the good cause, and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to teach us a very condensed but very informational hour course on how to go from being a local stagehand to getting on the road. And this is a very way to get on the road. And you will see that through these teachings, but it allows you to get a wide variety of knowledge that then gives you the ability to navigate the industry much more fluidly, understand what your peers are doing and the people you work with. And in addition to that, figure out which area you want to specialize in. And I loved his take on this. So I hope you enjoy this episode of Don't Shun the Bus. Before we get into the podcast, of course, I would like to welcome our new patrons. And if you signed up in the last two months or a month or so, I still haven't sent you your welcome gift. It's coming this week because we got a bunch of people. All right. And thank you so much to our new patrons. We have Kiki. What's up? Long time no talk. I've known you for a while on the interwebs. I'm happy to see you here. I hope we can help you out. Karina, welcome to the Patreon. And lastly, Sethan, which is kind of like the name Seth, but with an E-N at the end, which is cool. So welcome to the Patreon. Thank you so much for your weekly contributions to making this podcast happen. I thank you. Ava thanks you. Connor thanks you. That's our team. We keep it small, but we're efficient. We, we got this unlocked. So I appreciate you guys so much, and I look forward to seeing you next week on Don't Shit on the Bus. All right, until then. All right, welcome to the podcast, Kenny. How you doing, man? Man, I am doing incredible today, actually. I'm happy to hear that. And I'm excited that we seem to have snagged you, even though your background might say otherwise, you're home. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, man. I did just get back from 
doing uh, two weeks in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, to be honest with you, it was the first time I'd ever done a residency in Vegas. I did a residency with Jonas Brothers. It was it was good to go to the same place every time. But I got to tell you, two weeks in Vegas, man, it's like it can drive you crazy. I'm ready to get out of there. So I don't know. I mean, there's something about touring where you can kind of keep it, keep the variety and stuff. But I don't know. I didn't mind Vegas so much. But two weeks was certainly enough. Doses. And I mean, a newborn. Congratulations. Nothing like that. That'll make you excited to go home. Day before yesterday, he's eight months old. Pretty much a newborn, man. Eight months. Yeah. It's like blown by. And you're right, man. It's like, uh, definitely the pull these days to want to go home, but you know, you're to your listeners. I've, I've toured for tw well, almost 20 years. Oh, wow. Congratulations, man. That's a, that's a feat in itself. And you're all smiles and good vibes, which is definitely the goal <laughs> to have a healthy touring career and still love it after 20 years, because I'm sure you've come across mm. people who maybe that hasn't been their experience and they've left the industry. And the goal here is to kind of, you know, get people on the road in a good, healthy, balanced way. So. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, I mean, I was that person, to be honest with you, I left the road uh, because it got unhealthy for me, um, which I'm sure we can get there in that conversation. But yeah, for sure. It's not it's a unique lifestyle. It's not for everyone. But as soon as you get a taste of it, you know, you want to be able to to have it work for you. And there's ways to do that, man. There's the ways to have longevity. And I feel like 20 years is a long time, but there's there's people out there that, man, have have 30 and 40 years of experience, which is mind blowing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, good for you for recognizing when maybe it was time to take a step back, uh, fixing it. And obviously you're on the road again. So you you found peace there and, and you made it work. But <laughs> we, I guess we could kind of go back. I, I'm always interested. And the show today is a little bit guided in a way where we do have a specific, you've got a lot of knowledge and we don't have time for it on this podcast. <laughs> but I did found one piece or one section that I really want to talk about. But before we get there, I'm, I'm very interested, actually, in how you, before you even found your way onto the road or working mm -hmm. in music, I was wondering how you figured out there was an industry to work in in music, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, it, it was a, a pretty interesting way I found the music business or the music business found me. I actually grew up in, in rural Georgia. Uh, okay. I grew up on a dead end dirt road off another dirt road. Uh, and I grew, <laughs> I grew up with deaf parents. My, my parents can't hear. Uh, my both mom's actually, yeah, my mom's actually 100% deaf in both of her ears, but my dad's oh, wow. more hard of hearing. I mean, to be honest with you, when us, when me and my brothers would get rowdy, I almost sometimes saw it would be like selective hearing because he could certainly, <laughs> he could certainly feel us get rowdy, but, but yeah, I grew up with deaf parents, but music kind of found me through my influences, uh, not necessarily my parents' influence. Uh, I didn't have a, have a, have it easy uh, at a certain point in my childhood, when I was a teenager, my parents divorced and I was the last kid left at the house and okay. they, they, they wanted me to choose, uh, which path, which parent to, to go to. And for me, oh, uh, that right. just tore, it just tore me <laughs> yeah. up and yeah, it just kind of put me in a spiral, um, emotionally. And as a young, as a 14, 15 year old and a couple of years during that time, I, I, I started using drugs as a young yeah. teen. And during that time, just kind of took this tumble in making bad choices. And by the time I was 16 years old, I found myself homeless. Okay. Uh, my parent being, being, you know, divorced parents and my parents starting new lives. I found myself in the middle floating around and literally for almost two years of my young teen life, I dropped out of high school and was homeless on the streets uh, and living in, in the car that I had. 
bounce around the couches, things like that. And long story short, it got me uh, connected with someone during that time that had worked in the music industry. She saw that I was lost and looking. And by the time I had met her, I had already started to take a turn to try to like better my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I was 18, 19, almost 19, she connected me as a stagehand, uh, in Atlanta, uh, because someone she knew owned the stagehand company and was like, well, it's no experience necessary. You can, you can get a job as a stagehand. I'm like, what's, what's the stagehand? (laughs) Tell me about this. Yeah. Tell me (laughs) about this. And she was like, well, you can get paid to kind of like help set up concerts. Like, you know, you don't need any experience or anything like that. You basically, they'll, they'll tell you what to do. You know, you just help set up the speakers and the lighting and I'm like, and they'll pay me to do this, <laughs> you know, cause at that point, yeah, like yeah. as a, as a young, strung out, yeah, as a young, strung out teen, I'm like just doing whatever I could do, uh, work-wise. So I, I, at that point in my life, I'd done a little bit of everything from yeah, restaurants yeah. to constructions to, you know, anything to, to make a buck. And so interesting, uh, connection to this was I have, I, even though I grew up with deaf parents, I played music, I played drums and I actually, oh, awesome. My only possession pretty much was my acoustic guitar that I had um, at the time. And and so music was near and dear to me. And when this lady was just like, you could work backstage at concerts. I'm like, this could be amazing. Probably thought she was messing with you. It sounds like it's like a job. Usually people like, you know, they try to get and you're like, wait, you just came to me and presented me with this thing. And very cool part about it is no experience necessary is so key here. Like, that's awesome, man. I didn't realize how key that component was now don't get me wrong just because she she's her friend knew the the owner of the company and it was no experience necessary at the time atlanta was busy and so there was still a list you know there was still a list that i was the bottom of and actually on top of that the only thing that i could do at the time was what's called a standby position as a stagehand a standby position for those aren't familiar is they add like anywhere from one to four extra stagehands to a call. Um, and they do this because to be honest with you, a lot of the stagehands aren't the most reliable folk and just being honest and people often don't show up and they have to fill these calls. And so a standby ready to go. That's right. They gotta have, they gotta fill the calls because at the end of the day, the stagehand company has a client. And the client needs X amount of labor hands to fulfill the workload, you know, at the, at the bare minimum. And so they, they always book these standbys for just in case someone doesn't show up because it happens often. Okay. Uh, okay. Which was another, by the way, was another key component to career growth. I had no idea. I, I didn't realize that there was not a lot of competition when it came to <laughs> my fellow stage jam, but that's for another part of the conversation. I see what you're, the no experience necessary comes with its, uh, it's, it's pros and cons. <laughs> yeah. Well, for, for me, like I get on, they, they, they call me up and like, listen, we have a big show going on at the, at the uh, Georgia dome in Atlanta. I don't even think it's there anymore. It was the big stadium where the Atlanta Falcons play. And uh, I, I was young teenager and I was still living in my van at this time. So I was like, yes, I want to do it. They're like, it's standby. You don't get paid unless you get on the call to work. I'm like, wow. I don't care, man. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm in, I'm your guy. You Got know? time. Yeah. So, so, you know, I spent all of my money in gas because I, at the time I had lived back in my small little town. So it's 45 okay. minutes drive outside of Atlanta. So I spent 
bunch of money in gas, not a ton at the time. I think gas was still 89 cents a gallon back then. <laughs> Sounds but, great right about now. Yeah, I know. Right. So I spend, you know, like eight bucks to park at a parking deck next to the Georgia dome. I go and I check in with the lead, the project coordinator. And, uh, I see all the stagehands starting to, to assemble and everything. You show up 30 minutes before your call. Okay. You okay. got your call time and your start time. I show up at the, at the call time. I check in and I'm not the only standby on the call. There was like a couple other standbys. I'm like, okay, okay. I see how this is going. And I could see inside the Georgia dome. I could like, they, the, the dock door was open and all these trucks were assembling. Crew was assembling. There was some lighting trusses being pushed around. I'm like, dude, this looks awesome. Yeah. Like how, how cool is this going to be? And so by the time, you know, the last bit of hands show up, Stewart's like, sorry, Kenny, not this time. We're, we're all full. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You know, I was like, yeah. I was enthusiastic because I could clearly see the potential. And so I, as I was driving back to my little town, I get a call on the cell phone that I had, which was pay by the minutes. And I actually got booked on the next day as a standby. Again, they needed a standby for the same call. It was a big, huge Christian festival called TD Jakes. I was being loaded in all week, you know, standby, go down there, pay the park, all the money I got, check in. I wait. Sorry, Kenny, we, we can't use you. So this goes on for the whole week. They owe you $16. <laughs> well, every day, right? Or $8 yeah. a day, you know? And so I get down there. Finally, after about the 10th time, I'm like, I don't think I can make this work. I tell the lady that I was doing some work audit jobs for him. Like, I don't yeah. think I can make this work. Like I need to, I need to get something stable. A friend of mine had called me and said, Kenny, we, we do framing house framing. We need a guy, a day laborer. It could be yeah. full time for you. 125 a day, like being a cut man and all that. I'm like, man, it's a stable job. I, I want to do this, but I just can't keep like going downtown and not getting on the calls. I can't even afford to, yeah. you know? And so I was like, at this point, the whole, the whole dream started to kind of go, well, now it becomes a job. Like now I need money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I said yes to my friend with the construction job. I said, okay, I'll do it. He's going to pick me up in the morning. That was the thing. He's like, pick me up, take me to work, drop me off. Like ideal, you know, rural job. And so that afternoon, the stagehand company calls me. Kenny. <laughs> We've we, been through this. Know, we, we, we slowed out for TD Jakes. Like, yeah, we need another standby. We, we understand, like, we, we appreciate you for showing up so many times, whatever, but this is what we have available. There was a lot of people on the list in Atlanta, and I yeah. wasn't on it on it yet. Even though I knew the owner of the company, it just didn't work like that. There was seniority yeah. and different things. And so finally, I drove down there. I said yes to the gig. I called my friend up. I said, listen, I got to go take this. Yeah. You know, like, I want the secure job, but I got to go see. You know, there's like this pool. Once when you see that, that someone's doing it and you see the knuckleheads that are showing up to get the gig. And you're like, I, I can do this, you know? And so, man, I check in and everyone starts showing up to the thing. Well, this time I was the first standby on the call. And by this point, God. I know this, the, the name of the production coordinator. Like, we know each other at this point. He's like, Kenny, I can't believe you're showing back up. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm here, man. Like, I want to do this, you know? But I, on the inside, to be honest with you, man, I was ready to give up. And, yeah. uh, and so finally everyone shows up to the call and I just remember the guy getting excited for me saying, Kenny Barnwell, you know, you're on the call. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, you know? And he's just like, Kenny, uh, I'm going to put you on lighting. And, but I just want to let you know, like lighting's hard, heavy work, man. Are you ready for this? And I was like, you have no idea how ready yeah. for this I am. Like I'm thinking in my head, dude, I slept in my car. Last They're getting night. you riled up like, the whole week, man, <laughs> like, like two weeks, you know, it was, yeah. it was basically the 12th time this happened. Oh my God. 
even longer short, I do want to I do want to tell this point is I was working that day and the staging company called called me at the break and said, Kenny, we just want to thank you. To be honest with you, we haven't even seen anybody take this many standbys, but we really needed you as a standby. There was a lot of no-shows and the TD Jakes conference was, was a big client for them. And yeah. they just want to say, you're never going to stand by again. We wanted to oh, let you awesome. know. And they asked, they booked me the very next day at Phillips Arena on the Dixie Chick show. Uh, and this was 2002, man. That's, I, you know what I love about that is that they, and I feel like it's, congratulations, first of all, that's awesome. I mean, I'm sure you've heard it time and time again, but what's so cool is that that, like, that concept of just working your ass off and putting in the work is so recognized by people in the music industry. And that point, you know, from day one for you was really hammered home. And I'm, I'm glad that story worked out the way it did and not, <laughs> not like the 13th and the fourth, you know what I mean? And it's due to your hard work. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing too, is I, I run into now is there's this big misconception about working for free and working, working for exposure and the people that are very loud about that, that demonize working for free or exposure, they're yeah. ones that probably should not be working for free and exposure. Because yeah. in my mind, it's never for free. If I would have said that back then and was like, well, I can't be a free standby. I can't just come down here for the exposure hoping. It was yeah. like, yeah, but my, but my dream is to do this. I can't not afford to do it. Yes, at some point, I got to say no to certain gigs like big that. picture big picture big right? picture stuff but yeah. don't demonize free and exposure because it's not good for you and where you're at yeah there's a lot of different situations that's a really good point i'm happy you said that i love you really articulated that well and uh, i haven't quite found the words for it but when i hear it i'm like well maybe your experience is a little bit different than other people in this industry but you know it starts somewhere that's yeah. right if, if you feel like it's free for you then you shouldn't do it that means yeah. there's no value but for me, I never thought about the paycheck and the money and the monetary. I, I negotiated eventually. But what I always focus on, even today, is growth and does it fit where I want to be in life. Yeah. And back Big then, picture. as hard as it was to get turned down and to only take free stuff, that was where I wanted to be in life. And so I yeah. was willing to go through that hard, you know, of spending all that money and paying for parking and being, per, you know, having perseverance and stuff. I didn't look at it like that. I was just making choices based on potential and possibility. Yeah, it's like an it's like an investment of your time. I know up front in the short term, yeah, if you stopped after week, then you would have worked right. for free. But you're not stopping after week. You're just getting warmed up. So it's not a yeah, that's it's it. just getting started. Yeah, that's it. But if you're sour about working for exposure or free time, say no to those things. But don't demonize somebody else's opportunity because you think it's not right for you. That's one of the, one of the big principles I'm really trying to push these days because I feel like people want so bad next level, but yeah. they want next level if if it fits <laughs> within the confines of the comforts and the expectations. And you don't get to make those rules. You kind of got to yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. I like that. Go to growth, yeah. you know. Oh man. So something that I didn't know and yeah. it, you know, I think I can, I'm okay with saying this, but you know, I'm a photographer on the road. So my experience uh -huh. is very unique and there's some things I'm not aware of, but I wanted to ask, is it normal or standard that the stagehand companies aren't, they're not run by the venue. They're run by a separate company and the venue hires them on. Is that how it works across the board? No, how it works uh, across the board is different everywhere. Sometimes okay. stagehand unions have the contract for the venue. Okay. Like in New York. 
like in New York and Chicago. And there's a lot of states that are not right to work, meaning, you know, they they're forced union contracts. Okay. Um, sometimes the state is, but then there's unions that have the contract for the building. And sometimes they don't where uh, the the promoter can bring in non-union. Sometimes okay. it's up to the promoter. Sometimes the literal promoter themselves, when they rent a venue, sometimes they may be forced into a union labor when they use that venue. And sometimes they can hire out third party stagehand vendors and third stagehand companies. Sometimes the promoter themselves, if they're large enough, like say Live Nation, can hire stagehands themselves okay. even as a promoter. Okay. So the stagehand themselves comes from a variety of different sources. Okay. Noted. And I obviously that could have probably slotted in later, but I had to get it. I wrote it down. Yeah. I was like, I got to ask him this question. I got to know the answer. I need, I need to know these things. Yeah, yeah. It's good to know in this sequence, because if, if your listeners are interested in where this is going, you know, I just think it's, it's probably important for them to realize that it's not just one place to go find your, your entry-level opportunity of staging. Yes. No, agreed. No, that's perfect. Okay. A little bit more on your story, and then we're going to get... If you guys are still wondering what a stagehand is, don't worry. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the specifics. <laughs> but I want to know, and I know there's probably a lot that happened in between this. I don't know if we have the, enough time to go for it, but I want to know, you worked as a stagehand. By the way, that venue was demolished in 2017. I looked it up. Oh, the Georgia Dome. Wow. Yeah. And a 70,000 cap venue. I would have been addicted yeah. too if I went in and saw that. I it looked it up. Cool. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, okay. it was pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, you're stagehand. You're working. When did you, and maybe this is the same thing, like when did you first realize you could tour? And then furthermore, when did you get on tour? Like, I want to know about that transition because that's kind of like the next level, I think. I, I, let's just say I made it happen really quite quickly. Within a year and a half, I was on my first tour. So a year and a half as a stagehand, I was on my first tour. Love to hear that. Yeah. I mean, it happened really quickly for me because the reason why it was because I always made growth choices with work. I never worried about how many hours, if there were breaks, if we were getting a free t-shirt, I never worried about (laughs) how much it paid. As long as there was some pay at some point, you don't do the standbys anymore and stuff. So there was, there was, it was growth. It's growth. That's all on me. So, so what ended up happening was anytime there was an opportunity to do the hard parts of the gig, I was the first person to raise my hand always. So I would show up, hey, who wants to run feeder in this muddy festival? Miles of it. Kenny will do it. Yeah, yeah. Who, who wants to load trucks? Kenny will do it. Who wants to be a pusher? I'll do it. I don't, I never care. Yeah. Now, I had a preference eventually because I would love to close the learning gap. But what ends up happening was you being the reliable person gets put to where they need you but they also come to you and say, Hey, what, what do you, what, you know, you're showing interest in, would you like to be put on some more of that stuff? And when you're the reliable person and willing to do whatever consistently and reliably, then you're going to get called for the small gigs. And that's what ended up happening for me is I got called for the small stuff, like where, uh, you know, a staging company that has a, a list of 200 something people, they get a high end corporate client at a local Atlanta hotel and they only need two stagehands. Well, they put Kenny on it because yeah. he's consistent, he's presentable, he speaks well, he always comes through, he does his thing. And so let's put Kenny on it. That's great. Yeah. And so what it did for, for me was it sharpened my sword really freaking fast. I got, I got offered, I learned how to drive a forklift real quick, a scissor lift, a boom lift really quick. I got offered to climb. That was back in the day where you would climb the truss and 
uh, hand focused, manually focused spots or, or lighting. <laughs> I was always saying yes, to it. dude. Anytime, like I even I asked for things too. Like I said, um, can I shadow? Can I stay since I didn't get show call? Can I yeah. stay and shadow the spotlight operator for show call? And so yeah. because I was cool and not, I wasn't ever bugging. Um, they said sure. So I stayed on my own time. Yeah. Right. I stayed in downtown Atlanta. Maybe I had to, to take a nap in the car, you know, because I didn't want to move my car. And then I would stay and do the. <laughs> I would sit behind the spotlight operator and learn. And then I would ask, Hey, can I fumble with some stuff? I was constantly closing the skills gap, which means, you know, the more I understood and the more I could speak the language, talk the language, be more reliable. I was getting next level opportunities. Like I would get on a corporate call and then the lighting tech that was leading it, it was like a local regional Atlanta company. They, by that point, because you're the same stage hand, on a bunch of their different gigs, they are even knowing you. So yeah. your clients are knowing you. Your network is growing and yeah. It's growing. So then they hand you the, the, the lighting plot and say, hey, can you hang these lights for me? And so the more that they, they trust in you, they give you more of these, these tech level responsibilities, which grows you really, really quickly beyond just being a stage agent. Then the staging company also hired techs operators for small stuff. And so I started getting these opportunities of, of growing my responsibility. But remember, I was always a musician. And so it was always the music that brought me. And so it was concerts that I loved doing more than any, more than the corporate stuff or any of that stuff. I was good for it. I was always willing to put on a college shirt and go do the corporate things, but it was always the music. In this industry, when you go to tour, this is something really critical that everyone should know is tours don't hire generalists. Tours don't just hire general capable people. Tours hire specialists. Tours yeah. hire specific roles. They hire backline techs. Even within backline, they might hire drum techs, guitar techs specific. You know, they don't just hire, oh, we need an audio person. No, they hire a front of house engineer. They hire a monitor engineer. They hire a systems technician. You know, lighting, they hire dimmer techs. Like there's all these specifics. And so I knew that like I had to make a choice. You know, I did want to tour. I wanted to travel, but I had to make a choice. I had to choose out of all this experience I was getting. I was learning everything up until like really learning the desk, like like lighting everything well, up until like the console. And in a way, like you're saying that tours hire specialists, which yes, makes sense because the stagehand is kind of the generalist. You're a general helper. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's right. And even for somebody that's working at a regional company saying, yeah, well, I'm a specialist. I, I mean, for my company, I set up the audio, I set up the lighting, I set up all the risers. I'm like, I'm, but that's still too general to a tour yeah. resume, you mm -hmm. know? And so I didn't hundred percent know at this time as a state champ, you know, I'm, I'm like a year in and I didn't hundred percent know that backline was my thing, but I knew that every time I got to work in backline stuff or, or anytime somebody asked or the steward asked is who wants to work with backline. I was in, cause I was like, man, the instruments getting to work on stage, getting to do the shifting on and off the deck, like being a yeah. deck hand, like that's cool to me, which by the that's way, awesome. for your, for your listeners, just to catch you, catch them up. If they, if they weren't sure by now, what a stage hand is, you're basically a, a skilled laborer that's yeah. help laboring specifically to help technicians for events. They call it neck down labor. You know, like the, oh, like the, okay. the, the good, the good stagehand would be neck down labor, just being an extension of the, these different texts and stuff like that. But however, 
there is a there is a line to where you can be helpful, but you know, smartly helpful. And that's where I was at. And so I remember I, because of my reputation, it was about a year in, there was this gig down at the arena and they were looking for one stagehand to work down there with the backline guy. Cause it was like rental backline gear. Oh yeah. And, and, and yeah. And it was a backline. I'm excited. Yeah. This was, I was like, okay, cool. Well, they call me out of the whole list again. I'm only a year in, you know, yeah, yeah. now I, I will say a few months before this, by the way, I was really layering up not just with this one staging company, but I found out that as long as you, you could juggle the schedule, you can work with multiple companies. So during this time, I started to layer on other staging companies that I had met other stagehands that was working with. So I was filling up my schedule, sometimes doing two and three gigs in a day, Jesus. you know, because that's what you want to do. You know, like I remember one year I was, I was so busy. My first, well, my second year as a stagehand that I ended up making like over 50 grand as a stagehand. And we're talking like, my low minimum was 1050 an hour on up. Yeah. 50 grand back then's more money than 50 grand oh, is yeah. now too. That's yeah. right, but but yeah. in the scheme of being a stagehand to pull in 50 grand wasn't too shabby is not too shabby because we're talking yeah, well like done. neck down labor, right? Like I'm just a laborer. No not nothing against stagehand's responsibility and stuff, but that is the fact of the matter. Like in order for me if I wanted to make more and work less, I would have to get more responsibility. Yeah. You know, that's just the way the way value works and the way the pay works. And stagehand would, would never do that for me. But mm -hmm. a few months before that, uh, some of my friends, when I was layering on companies, they were like, well, come work for the stagehand union in Atlanta. They were like, dude, it's like three extra bucks an hour, every call. And and I was just like, I, th I thought about it. And I was just like, yeah, but they're not going to let me run a forklift. They're not going to let me do all of these things that I've already been doing. Like there was, I was going to have to wait years before I was going to be credible enough to get to do things like plug stuff in. Like that's yeah. just the way the union limitations work with many of them. And I just didn't, I didn't want to be boxed in because at the time I was growing and I had no idea that this huge world was ahead of me, but I was just taking things. And if I would have went into that union box, there'd be no reason or no way I would be where I'm at today non-growth route you probably would articulate it as right or less growth rather yeah more restriction to growth yeah. and when you restrict growth you turn you you start to you could start to resent the industry the work you could start resent, resent yourself your employer there's all these things when you put something in the way of growth because if you're not growing you're dying and you will have the symptoms of such and, uh, and I meet people like this in my coaching program where they've been dying at work because they're in these they're not making growth decisions. They're making, you know, decisions that restrict growth, much like the union does for you uh, when you're trying to grow. Not always, though. I don't want to just say the union. And I want to also preface this, by the way, is I'm not anti-union. I'm pro-growth. You know, if the union is, is the growth machine for you, then who am I to say? But to anybody that's trying to get on tour, that's trying to rapidly grow, it's not a really smart choice to get yourself involved in. So long story short, Adam, I, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to say that how I got in the back line and, and got on tour specifically, uh, because it's important was through my reputation, I, I got put on this call that required one backline hand, by the way, it would have never happened in the union a yeah. year on the, a year with the union is not even long enough to have diapers on you to them. Yeah, yeah. But I get on, put on this call. I'm working with this guy and he's cool. 
I'm cool. We're, we're, we're doing backline. And he's working with a, a backline rental company in Atlanta called Avatar Events Group. And I was like, oh, this company's out of Atlanta because it says it on the cases and stuff. And he's like, yeah, this is, you know, Avatar or whatever. And I was like, oh man, that'd be so cool to get to actually do backline for a living. Gosh, I mean, I've been doing, you know, staging work now for a year or so. And I've done a bunch of stuff with lighting and audio, but like, I love backline, man. I play music myself. And by the end of the, the, the day, the conversation, I never asked him for a gig or anything like that. I just said, man, it would be really cool to do what you do. And I asked him about himself. People love to talk yeah. about themselves. And so he basically just opened the door wide open and said, well, listen, man, I got to tell you, this company here hires all the time and they might be looking for someone now. There's a lot of stuff going on. I can introduce you to the owner. In fact, here's, here's what you can do. I have a guitar amp that I can't fit in the truck at, at the end of this gig. If tomorrow you'd be willing to take it down to the avatar shop in downtown Atlanta, load it up in your car tonight, bring it to the shop tomorrow. Then I'll tell the owner you're coming and you can introduce him by helping him out like this. So he doesn't have to send a whole truck. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to stop real fast before we go forward and say, I know we, we didn't really gloss over it, but it's really important here that like a key part of this is that you were with this person all day. They vibed yeah. you and they kind of yeah. vibe checked you and they're like, all right, he's cool. I can recommend yeah. him within one day. If you weren't yep. that person, this opportunity wouldn't have presented itself. Well, you make a great point, man. I became him over the course of that year. I became mm -hmm. the guy that was able to be cool, yeah. you know, to get accepted into that one stagehand for the backline tech position. I was able to speak the language, to understand the chain of command, who I was to him and where I was in the bigger things. And without being pushy, which some stagehands yeah. are, they Don't try punish. to look for a handout. I, uh, I was, you're right, man. I was able to, to, uh, for him to validify me pretty quickly. Um, but it is a relationship game, man. It, it is. And to this point, here's something that I always say, and I was going to say this later, but this is important. This industry is not a, who, you know, business. It's a, who knows you business. And oh man, I got <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, that's good. I was right? just going to say, I should just send you like, I always say, I'm like networking. It's not about who, you know, it's about who knows you. And it's like in my oh, book really? already. I just got to send it to you, man. Yes, I wish I was yes. lying. I wish I was like faking that, but that's so cool that we've come to the similar. It just makes me well, excited. I like yeah, talking to you. man. That's yeah, because it's, cool. it's true. You get it, man. That's, that's because that is the truth. And that's, that's proof right there. Like I sure I would have met him and then he knew me. We networked, yeah. right? Like I was in his network as soon as I met him really, but it was a, it's a, who knows you thing. By the end of the day, by the end of the conversation, he knew me, he knew yeah. me enough to offer me that opportunity and every single opportunity I've ever gotten, uh, and your listeners will ever get yeah. is going to be based upon who knows them. I just want to ask quickly, like, I know we said, you know, maybe asking for favors is a wrong thing to do, but people in this situation, people that find themselves, maybe not even as a stagehand, but they're talking to a person that could potentially employ them. And you know that. And often yeah. I find people in the photography world, you know, they start asking for photo passes or they ask for these mm -hmm. things. I'm like, just ask them for coffee. What are the missteps yeah. you think people do take most often that find themselves in that, you know, that very unique and special situation? What are the wrong things you can do? Well, I mean, ask if they know if the company that they're working for is hiring Okay. You know, like asking for advice is never, is never a, a bad thing. And okay. also like really just asking for the hookup, you know, yeah. you got it. This is about do this for me. 
That's right. This is about relationship building and a relationship is never about you. A relationship is always about the other person. And, you know, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing is like people are not far enough in the conversation to ask before they ask, you know, like get deeper into the conversation, into the depths. I always say the gigs are gotten in the depths of the relationship. You know, it's like an iceberg. Networking is the tip of the iceberg. The, the, The opportunities are in the depths at which you can converse with somebody because that's what gets them to know, like, and trust you enough to put their, their name up for you. And so let's just say you're on a gig and you're in the conversation. You're not like, it's not like your besties by the, by the end of the day, but you also know that that might be the last time you see them for a while or ever. You just never know. And you do want to connect with them. Don't be afraid to ask for the connection. Just say, Hey man, are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Are you on social? Grab their email, maybe if that's yeah, not their vibe or that's something. Right. Yeah. That's right. Like, I would love to stay connected with you, man. Email or something. Just like throw it at them to say, do you have social or email or something? I'd love to stay connected with you. You know, that's it. That's that. That's the 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 start in the or the stop of that conversation. Um, or if y'all have gotten so far in the conversation where you're talking about work and this person's giving you a little bit of advice about companies and stuff, you might be so far in the conversation where you could say, Well, who do you know? that I might be able to speak to at this company, as opposed to asking for the hookup, just say, who yeah. do you, who do you know that I might be able to speak to when I reach out to them? Yeah. You know, like you ain't asking for their blessing. You ain't asking for their hookup. What you're saying is, is, Hey, I'm going to do this. Be cool. If uh, there was somebody that, you know, they might be obliged at that point, at that point, but you have to have some self-awareness of where you're at in the relationship timeline. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. I think, I mean, I always articulate in my head is like, it shouldn't feel like you're asking for a favor Correct. when you ask for anything. It should just feel like when I ask my friend to help me move or when I do, you know, like, yeah, it's, they're doing something for me, but I know they're going to help me because they're my friend. You know, it's just like an easy thing to do. It shouldn't feel like a, oh my goodness, big thing. No. And when it happens, what, what happens is because relationships, remember, are all about the other person. Mm-hmm. They have an opportunity to help you and you have an opportunity to help them through being an awesome referral. But it's organically, it's like, uh, it's like y'all both are just kind of sold on each other. Like, oh, this, this, it makes sense. Yeah. This is sick. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. It's like, it, it works both ways. It's like, oh yeah, absolutely. That'd be so cool to be able to have you go and talk to them and they're, and they're happy to do so. Um, the reason why I got that opportunity that night in backline was because that guy was just like, yeah, I, I'm this young guy. If I could see him going in there and what ended up happening was I got a gig as the drum shop guy. You know, there was like, there was a bunch of shows going out with backline techs. There was a bunch of rentals and the drum shop and, the, and really the prep shop and the drum shop specifically was getting a mess. So it was coming in going out and at just, Avalon at, at Avatar Avatar, excuse me yeah, at Avatar. And, uh, and so I came in there to solve another problem for that company, which was help them get that shop in order as the drum tech guy. I was literally going in there playing with drums all day and they were paying me to do it. And that's, that was like, you know, I went from being a stagehand, a backline stagehand to now I was doing backline. And by the now way, you're specializing, huh? Now I'm starting to specialize. You know, now I went from being, and remember the who you who knows you is now everyone that went from knowing me as a stagehand, now I was showing up in the avatar truck with the avatar gear a little while into it, a few months into it, as the as the backline tech. Well, what ended up happening to, to bridge the gap to touring was Atlanta had this big rehearsal facility 
And one of the bands, uh, this R&B band named Van Hunt was working, uh, was doing a rehearsal there. They rented Avatar, Avatar gear. Avatar showed up with the tech, me. And I was there all week working the rehearsal with these guys. Well, they needed a backline tech. This was a van and trailer, a bunch of dudes in a van and trailer doing clubs. And they needed a, an all-around backline guy, really an all-around guy. And I was working with them all week and they thought I was seem cool. You know, it's, it's easier to hire somebody that you've been around, especially in touring, because skills don't always matter when it comes to hiring for a tour. The hang, yeah. everybody will tell you this. Oh, it's 80% of the hang and 20% of the work. You know, there's, there's something to that. And uh, these guys at the rehearsal, they were like, you're cool. Do you want to go on tour? I had wanted to, but I had only started with this backline company like three months prior. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just kind of started with them. And then, and at the time I was married uh, to this lady and I talked to her and she goes, well, it was a Monday. And she goes, well, when does the tour leave? And I was like, well, it leaves on Wednesday for six <laughs> months. It was a six month tour, no shows in Atlanta. And the tour was not even coming back to Georgia. That's a long tour. It was a club tour. It was clubs and, and one day on five direct, days off. <laughs> it was clubs and direct support for seal. But the thing oh, was, cool. the reason why we were never coming back to Atlanta was the van and trailer tour. So these, this, this, you know, once when yeah. you start driving that distance and stuff, you ain't coming back. They're yeah. just going to put as many shows in between. You'll have days off out on tour in, in hotel rooms and stuff, shared rooms, all the hard stuff. It's like 500 bucks a week, 20 bucks a day per diem, all like the hard stuff. And Rough of course, enough. At the same time, I say yes to the hard stuff because that's what you <laughs> that's what you do, you know, because it was the appropriate tour for where I was at. And um, had growth, definitely had growth, man. Had growth. I went back in there, told them yes. And from a Monday, I was at that company. I, by the way, I talked to the backline company. And here's how you handle that. Because that's how tour opportunities happen, by the way. They don't happen yeah. at like opportune times. Yeah. They happen where it's like, hey, do you want to leave on a tour? Oh, by the way, you got to change everything about your current schedule and life that you thought you were doing. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> get, get, me on the, get me on those four tires. Yeah. Dude, if you're, if you're waiting for it, then you'll be ready. But most of the time, it's, it's going to be like, okay, yes, <laughs> I want to do it, but I've got to make, make a bunch of personal decisions first. Uh, but yeah, that's how I bridged the gap was I started to specialize. I specialized in backline. But I yeah. knew at that point, because I had learned everything in all the departments, which made me really uh, valuable because I was also able to stage manage, you know, I was able to run crews because of it, uh, because I was so well-versed all around. Um, but I knew that backline was my thing. And guys, if you're specializing in anything, there's levels to specialties. And so the cool thing is, is you can, you can always grow no yeah. matter what, no matter what your choice is, you can always take it to another level. Always. I think like the cool part about this is you started, or I think the cool part about starting as a stagehand is when you were going out on the road and specializing in something, you had such a big picture understanding of yes. why people are in this venue, what they're doing. And you were probably, it was probably so easy for you to just navigate the venue and feel right at home and not piss people off. And we're, <laughs> you're probably a great person to work with on all accounts because they're like, oh, this dude's been here. He's seen what I'm doing. He knows what I'm doing all day, which is sick. <laughs> no, you're right, Adam. I mean, it certainly is helpful being, you know, from that world. But I got to tell you, when, when I started, a lot of us started that way. A yeah. lot of us old schoolers, I should say. You're like a young old schooler, though. You're like just <laughs> uh, on the cusp. You know, like it's so funny. I did. I was always the younger person on tour. And now I'm almost 40. And I thought, man, because my first tour was I was just 19. I just turned 20 almost. 
just yeah. 19 when I took my first tour. And so, so it was like, I'd always been the young guy in tour until these days. But the cool thing is, is uh, a lot of us started this way. And I got to tell you, if, if anybody, and, and I mean, we might get there in the, in the conversation about how, how I'm helping these days with the next generation, but stagehands, like it is paid school. Mm-hmm. It's paid training. The thing is, is like, you don't have to go the traditional routes in this industry. In fact, like full cell is not even an accredited university. Like not, not like, like you can get uh, certain degrees and stuff like that, but they don't have accreditations that transfer to my understanding to like from their bachelor's to somebody else's bachelor master's yeah. and stuff. And it's because of the fact they're educating people about just like school educates people. They, they educate people based upon the end results and some of the skill sets. The problem is, is the skills you learn progressively, you have no choice to learn most of the skills in this industry progressively. If you go and you learn things like lighting design and consoles and desks and stuff like that first, and then go and try to start in the industry, you're not going to, to start by operating those things. You're going to start yeah, that makes sense. by the basics. Like that's just the hierarchy of the industry. And it, it always saddens me because I have people in my career co- coaching program that came from places like full cell that have been in, in the industry a, a long time. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, 50, 70 grand in debt. And they, they had to go and start as stagehands anyways. Yeah. I remember full cell was teaching a stagehand program for like 12 or 15 grand years ago. They That's literally wild. had a stagehand program. I think it was like a year program. And I, and I think like so much that you have to learn is not actually what you're doing. It's seeing what everybody else is doing. It's seeing how people interact, how they hang. And you can kind of like, you can learn the skills as you go, the networking, you can't rush that. You just have to learn. You just, you have to be there. You have to meet people. They have to meet you and going to full sale. Yeah. You, you articulate it really well. You're like learning, you're learning the end goal before you do any of the groundwork and you can't just come in and be like, I'm ready for the final boss. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's right. I mean, it's like, we don't have tour residencies like they do in medical school where you spend three years yeah. working and doing the, the procedures before you, you actually go and consider yourself a doctor. We don't have that. And the thing is, is look, you can become a technician, an engineer, a designer, a, 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 a carpenter. Like you can become all of these technical skills, these engineering skills that require all of these specialist, specialty understanding and uh, application and cap- capabilities. But the cool thing is, is you can create an incredible career out of this and not have to go to a formal school at all. The entry point to this is getting your hands on gear and doing events. It can it can look like stagehand work. It can look like church. It can look like the AV closet at a recreation department in your town doing shows at your little civic center or city theater. As long as you can get some experience to leverage, there's a, always a next level. There's always another level. So if you had church experience, running sound and lights and stuff like that at church and doing some events at church, you can then take that vernacular that you uh, that you can speak and that understanding and that experience and then reach out to a local production company that does it a little bit bigger and yeah. say, I, I have this type of church experience. I've done, this. I've done this. I speak some of the language because that's it. They, most of these companies and stuff, they don't want to have to necessarily teach you what the cables are called, how they connect, some of those things, how to operate on jobs and stuff like that. So 
if you go be a stagehand, you learn all of that stuff. You, they, they, you basically get trained to the point to where then you can go take your entry-level stuff and enter into a, a specialty position at any and every single production company across the world. That's how it works. That sounds like a perfect segue. So let's talk about, I mean, now that people know your path and kind of how you got into it, obviously it was 20 years ago, some stuff might have changed a little bit, but let's talk about <laughs> like the current day, you know, what are people's entry points locally? So let's say, you yeah. know, I'm Adam and I want to work, you know, I, when people think stagehand, they probably think they work at a local venue, but what are the, like, literally, do they go to a venue? Do they email somebody? Do they find a company? Like, what is the very first step in getting hired as a stagehand? The first step to get hired as a stagehand is to, first of all, if you know anyone in the event business, ask them if they know who the local stagehand company is, okay? Okay. Go through your phone, your personal contacts. If you know anyone in the event business, ask them first. Because the cool thing is, is a referral will automatically validate you. Even mm -hmm. if it's a name that the other person on the other line don't necessarily know 100%, but they, they obviously know there's a connection there. It is still will validate you. So, Box office at the local venue, somebody you've come into con security at the local venue, like these people will know. That's right. They'll know. And, and it might be a friend of yours. And then you can say, hey, Dave told me to reach out to you. Yeah. Otherwise, let's just assume you have no connections and no experience whatsoever. I love starting there. That's what I wrote my first book, Backstage Pass, about no experience, no connections. Go to Google and literally type in the <laughs> this right here. San Francisco. <laughs> type in San Francisco local crew stagehands or San Francisco event production stagehands. I was making a really bad joke because you said oh. go to Google and Google's in San Francisco. So oh. I'm just picturing somebody <laughs> showing up at the office well, and being yeah. like, I'm here, oh. boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, they better have some uh, some results then if we're searching San Francisco. But this works in any market. I, re I remember yeah. doing I remember doing this as an example in in, in one of my online courses where yeah. I took took my students through this process. We looked up like Boise, Idaho, like some small market. Yeah. Okay, an off day market. It does not matter where you live. Okay, if there is ever a concert or an event in your area, there is crew. Okay. Your whole purpose is to get experience. So when you're first starting, you're, you're wanting to get experience. And so you Google your city and event production crew or your city and local crew or your city and stage hands. Some of these things, the things that'll pop up are, are all the things that are relative. Now understand who hires stage hands. Like we talked yeah. about, it could be the venue. It could okay. be a company now sometimes production companies that actually provide lights and sounds and stuff like that they'll internally hire okay um and then sometimes it's just a stagehand labor company now if you're near any major city you're going to get all of those people all of those will will come up as search results but what you're going to start with is the stagehand companies now you might be in a state that that will force you into the union i just want to say if you're trying to get on tour and you're in a state that has to do union labor, don't worry about it. Just keep your tour goals in your sights and get mm -hmm. some leverage. You're just there to get some experience. Because as soon as you can get any experience, you can then pull out of the union and go leverage that into the next level. Just trying to learn. Just trying to find you know yeah, the next exactly. step and moving in the general directory. That's right. So don't don't take me you know not 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 recommending union as don't yeah. go union. Well, I just want to stress that go growth. And if that is the if that is your next step, step into it. That's okay. 
just and, continue to step forward as you're in the union. Don't don't be restricted up here in your head when it talk when it considers your growth. And I was just going to say, I think your theme throughout all of this is whether it be talking about working for free or working for a union is everybody's different. Everybody lives in different areas. They got different things going on. It's that's just right. what, the reason that growth is just very unique to that person. So that's why there's really no right or wrong path. It's just where are you headed? And I think that's, that's right. what, that's great that you're saying that. Yeah, that's right. And, and at this, at the, the cool thing about starting is you can only take starting level stuff when you're starting, meaning <laughs> you can only you know, get those stagehand gigs where you're getting the climb and you're getting the drive forklifts and pull cable, cable and stuff. I can't do that stuff anymore. I don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, like I just, I will never at this stage in my career go and take stuff like that anymore. So go and embrace those things now as, as what you're getting to do now as part of your journey. You don't have to do any of this, what we're, what we're recommending by the way, but if you do, then Choose things that's going to allow you to grow. So if that's union in your town, go join the union. The cool thing is, is when you Google this and the results pop up and you click through every single website, whether it be a non-union company or a labor company, they will have a contact section. Most of the stagehand sites will tell you what you, is required for you to actually apply. All of the stagehand companies don't require any experience. They're just pretty much going to say, are you living and breathing? <laughs> are, you, are you legally right to work? Like seriously, yeah. man, guys, I got to tell you, your we're in such work. a late... We're in such a labor shortage right now that like at every level, everything is in demand. So whether you're trying to just get started or you're trying to make a big career shift forward, your next level is needing you right now. So just get started. It sounds like is the the thing. Just get in there, get foot in the door, boots on the ground, start meeting people, start letting people meet you. Start doing the gigs, man. Start paying attention to what the names of the cables are, what, what the names of the, the areas of the venues are, start learning chain of command. You know, I yeah. talk about this in state chain 101, my, one of my books where I, I, I give chain of command and all of these things. But what I don't teach in my book, state chain 101 is a ton of the technical uh, stuff. And the reason why is because it's not evergreen. The tech stuff always changes, but you yeah. need to be able to understand where it's at. Now I talk yeah. about the things like how to act and operate on the job. As a station, guys, when you get hired and you and you start to get hired by these local opportunities, there's going to be people that that are not as enthusiastic, that are always focused on when they get to take a break next, when are they going to get to eat? You know, they're always complaining about the trucks being laid, complaining about how things need to be done and operated. They're going to be those people. If you are not one of those people, which are going to be one of the few that are not, you're going to stand out. People are going to want you around, and so enthusiasm is one of the critical skills to develop. And it is, it is a skill to be enthusiastic in a hot, muddy, nasty, rainy festival is hard to do. But if you, if you can stay enthusiastic, even when it's hard like that as a stagehand, you're going to gain. And that's what it's required to the next level. Yeah. That's the vibe on tour. I think we've talked about that a lot. It's like no, one bad vibe person on the road, man. That ruins a whole tour sometimes. So you got it. It's, it's, yeah, that's a really good point. All right. Yeah, so people are reaching out locally. Yeah. What'd you say? Sorry. No, no, just negativity is poison, man. I actually, uh, oh, yeah. uh, I always have a saying that says positivity loves company. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. It's true. It's true. All right. So people, in theory, reaching out, they find a way to get hired as a stagehand. Yeah. They don't exactly know what they're getting themselves into. They know they're going to learn a lot, a lot of things they haven't gone through, experienced. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could kind of maybe set up on a very basic level? I know we've gone through your experience as a stagehand. 
But what can somebody expect after they get hired as a stagehand? Like what, what is their job? Like will they show up at a venue and they just do everything or what's, what is it? Well, first of all, I'll tell you this, and this has become a very big problem these days is never be late. I was told when I first started, if you're late ever once, we're never going to call you again. And to be honest with you, I was never late. I've never been late ever. Um, I did once I was late, but I was still on the bus oversleeping. But that's that's another story. Uh, (laughs) I'm here at the venue. Just some Z's. (laughs) Well, first of all, I want to say, guys, if you reach out to these companies, these staging companies, the production companies, Live Nation might be the one that, that pops up search results for you. Your church, AV calls it. They all are going to hire you. And so yeah. I don't care if it is your church or the AV closet. If you commit to a gig and commit to something to these people, this is what you should do. This is how you should operate. First of all, be grateful when you show up. Like, seriously, you, 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 don't, you don't have to. You don't, you're not privileged to do this. Like, this is a very cool thing that you get to do. Mm-hmm. So be grateful. That will come across to everyone around you. Um, be enthusiastic about the position. There's going to be a lot of people who are just treating this like a job. Okay. <laughs> They're doing that because other people are doing that. Like don't jump on that train, be enthusiastic and be grateful. Second of all, never be late or, or should be first of all, but never be late. Okay. They're, they're <laughs> going to give you a call time. They're going to give you a call time and a start time. Call time's always 30 minutes before. That's when you should check in. And then it gives you time to smoke your last cigarette make your last text and then be ready to work. If they don't give you a call time and a start time, they only give you the time you're supposed to show up, then you show up 30 minutes early. Take it upon yourself. Always show up with blacks, okay? Always show up wearing black clothing. And if you're not wearing black clothing, then bring it in a backpack, okay? So you can be up for any opportunity to stay as long as you can. Your whole mission is to be involved in the event from start to finish as much as you can, right? So if you show up, and then they say, hey, can you stay for show? And you don't have a black shirt, then you can't stay for show. Stagehands need to be indiscreet so that they wear black on stage. So always wear black. Be prepared with your few tools. Bring a pair of work gloves, like mechanics gloves for 10 bucks from Walmart's fine. Uh, a crescent wrench, a C wrench. It's like a little adjustable uh, wrench, a little C wrench. Bring a crescent wrench and a blade of some sort, box cutter, a pocket knife. So a blade to cut tape and stuff like that, gloves that you that you can hook onto so you can push cases and load and unload and stuff like that, and then have a crescent wrench to use in the lighting section in the lighting area. Most stagehands are failing to bring this stuff to their gigs. It's very frustrating. And so you can imagine the one stagehand that, that actually has everything, they always stand out. Yeah, They're that's always awesome. Them, always. These, these are easy stuff. Never yeah. be on your phone. Don't be on your phone. Don't leave without telling the person that you're assigned to or your steward that you got to go take a leak or something. Like, just wait, go tell them, tell the person, make sure people know. Here's one, here's one real easy one. If you get somebody to assign you some work to be done, say they say someone says, Hey, take these cables and plug them in. When you're done with that work, go back to that person that assigned you that work and say, I'm done. What else? I'm yeah. done. What else? If they don't have anything else, just say, I'm, I'm here right here, standing by until you need me. Don't leave your person until they send you away. These are just very key things. If you do these few things, oh, and also always raise your hand when they need help with anything. Don't vet it. Just don't. don't. And also, if they ever say, who can stay? Who wants to leave and who wants to stay? 
always stay, right? Like always say yes to stuff, always say yes to the hard stuff, always stay and always be present, meaning don't use your phone, don't leave without, don't, don't be talking, chit-chatting when you're trying to focus, when you're trying to work. That's it. Notice I didn't say learn audio, learn lighting cables. Notice I didn't say learn how to build a screen. Notice I didn't say, right? Like that stuff you will, you will learn progressively It'll happen. every gig. It'll happen. Yeah, it, com- it comes along. But come correct with those few, just few components. Bring, bring that to the work and you will be asked to do every gig. You will be the one that everyone wants to work with. And you will also be the one that every tech that you work with will be happy to share their knowledge with you. Yeah, I, I like I like everything you're saying. Obviously, I mean we're here, but it's just so nice to hear like all these things. We we always say like you know focus on the hang or don't worry about the technical stuff. And I think you articulate it so well on why it's important because there's so many people that aren't even able to meet a bare minimum of being a good hang. And how can you tour and live with somebody if you're not able to hang out? I mean, and I've toured with people. I'm sure you have too, where their skills maybe aren't necessarily where they need to be. But if you're a good person, the result is never you get fired. The result is, all right, we're going to work. You're going to get better. Like you're going to, you, and they're going to, you're going to grow with that artist and you're going to stick around. You're going to be there for the long run. But if you come out and you're really good at your job, but you're an asshole to everyone, you're out. Like it's you're usually, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so I love hearing about this on a local level. You know, unfortunately, there is always people in our industry that are like that, the grumpy roadie. You know, and there's reasons behind all of this is because it's become a job to them. You know, there's there's all this this there's some sort of badge of honor that a lot of these people think that it that it is being like this. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, if you're not getting better at it, uh, that's the only thing that's going to get you moved moved out of the way. Because there's listen, and this is cliche to yeah. say, but there's no traffic on the extra mile. Like there's always room for the best, always. You know, there's a bunch of noise at the bottom. You know, there's a bunch of noise of of average people. But like at the top echelons, like with mm-hmm. with what I've been doing in my career on tours and stuff, like I haven't ever had to to call and ask for work for a gig. You know, in I don't know a dozen years or so. It's like no resume stuff. You know, it's stuff that's all referral based. Mm-hmm. I mean, even gig, getting gigs like Bon Jovi, which was the gig that I was on before Jonas Brothers and even Jonas Brothers. It's no resumes. It's all referral stuff. You know, it's all mm-hmm. it's all just like who knows you at the top levels, you know, and that's the that's what you want. Like you can have that same effect at every level, you know, uh, and the effect is consistency, the reliability, the the predictability on how you're going to be on the job. Like when I was hired by the staging companies to do those one, two, three, four person gigs, they knew how Kenny was going to come. They knew that Mm -hmm. I was going to treat the client with the utmost respect that I was going to treat my fellow staging with the utmost respect. They knew that I was going to like, never look for the break, you know, never, never like, uh, just not come through for them. And so I was an easy shoe in. And the cool thing is, man, I've had things like this because of these character, the, the way I, I call it my who, right? Like I always say that doing this job and touring and stuff, the hardest thing is identity. It's it's what I do. It's not who I am. I, I you know, and that's a that's a big tough mm-hmm. thing for people. That's where you get into post or depression and stuff. But but the thing is, is the who you are is the stuff that I'm talking about now. It's the stuff that you carry with you from your stagehand days to now. That's who you are. It's your character. 
And there's been times I remember mm-hmm. when I've, when I was working with a country singer, uh, I was at the top of my game in Nashville, probably top paid that, I, that could be in Nashville as a guitar tech. I was working with this country singer and I was also doing sub dates for an up and coming act. For me, if I would have taken full time with this up and coming act, it would have been a step back in pay, really a, a step back in level. However, there was a lot of value I could bring to them. They were on the rise. And even the country artist that I was with, he goes, Kenny, you should go help those people. Like I, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm in my legacy phase. I'm doing hundred days a year. Like this is, is what it is. You should go and help these people grow. Cause you're going to grow as well. Like, and he goes, and you always have a gig with me anytime you want. You believe it? One boss is telling That's me, great. Hey, look, I would love to have you and keep you, but they would find more value in you. I, I would only keep you comfortable. You see, even someone else, that's the right way to live. Even someone else recognizes your growth and your potential. So, you know, you do this, you don't get to this point in your career where all of a sudden the doors and the relationships happen. No, you, you, you start there. You know, you start being that person. Start dressing the part. Start talking yeah. to the part. You want to be a touring person. Look at the other stage hands. Most of them are timid. Most of them are. But then look at this touring people. Look at, look at look at how they're operating, how they're talking, how they're they're approaching the work. Model them, you know. They're doing what you mm-hmm. might want to do. Model them, and that's kind of what I no, did. That's a great point. I stepped into it. Oh, you man. know, I, I I walked it before eventually the opportunities lined up progressively. You know. Well, thank you for kind of not kind of thank you for very thoroughly walking everybody through not only your path but the path they can take and expect to take to become you know, working locally, because I think this is the encouragement and the information yeah. people really need. You know, there's a lot of unknowns there and that's by design in this industry. And it's nice to know them so that you know where you're headed and you know how to get there. With that being said, before we finish this up, I was wondering if you'd be um, so kind as to share maybe some advice for peers and what they can do to maybe help the next up and coming people, like what they can do to encourage those people who reach out and ask for help. Um, I know that you have a coaching project that you do and you've successfully helped 300 plus people get on the road. That's probably a little Mm -hmm. bit more involved than most people are able to do. But what can people do who are touring, who are in the industry to help bring on these new people? Because like you said, we've got a shortage out there. We want it. Yeah, most definitely. Well, you know, I appreciate this question because it's obviously near and dear to me. I I love helping facilitate people uh, to this industry because this industry is kind of gave me passion and purpose. And I always like to say that I, through my mentorship with my programs and my books and my coaching program, Crew Coach, you know, I I like to say I'm a purveyor of principles of passion and purpose. And I think that if, (laughs) I think to my fellow road people, if they're even listening to this, you know, have some grace. I think in this day and age, it's hard as a touring person because we have a crew shortage. Okay. And then on top of that, the crew that we have, none of them practically are trained, you know, e- even ones that are, that are supposed to be top trained, like these union folks, they're, they're not, they're not trained on the jobs. And so there's a lot of resistance on top of the crew shortage. And we, we touring people may show up to a venue down six, 10 hands, like seriously. And then on top of that, the hands where we're getting Mm-hmm. They need help. And so I would say, and I know that most of you are probably stepping into the to the role of trainer, but what I would love to do is catch some of that and help you 
with some of the resources that I have somewhere where you can literally point and there's free help uh, because a lot of people aren't teachers, by the way, I naturally help on gigs. And I found that a lot of people, a lot of tech people and crew people, they're not necessarily trainers and they don't necessarily want to have to answer all the questions, not because they're ill hearted. It's because in the, in the heat of things, they don't necessarily have the patience or the capacity. Now I'm, I'm quite different. I'm literally going, yeah. okay, yep. Wrap the cable like this, you know, <laughs> like I'm that guy. But if you're not that person, just know that like, and you're listening to this and you're a touring person, have some grace, answer as best as you can, send them my direction. Okay. Send them seriously, send them the backstage yeah. crew careers on Instagram, because I give away everything. The cool thing about being a career coach is I don't, I don't even sell my, my courses and programs anymore. I, I push people to my coaching because the knowledge I just told a ton of you how to do this. You know, knowledge yeah. is not power. Knowledge is only stored potential. You know, it's the action that's the power. It's the getting out of your way and putting in the work. And so you road people, stop being afraid to mentor. Stop being afraid for your gig because you think that someone's gonna, that there's some sort of gig loss or scarcity. One of the biggest resistance that I've had from veteran road people since I've been a, a teacher. I've, I published my first book in 2015, but I've even before that have been teaching is the scarcity mindset from a lot of road people that they're worried about someone coming in and taking their work. And if you're worried about that, maybe you gotcha. should be worried, <laughs> you know, because if someone can come <laughs> and take one of my, my courses or listen to this podcast and take my advice and actually come take my Jonas Brothers gig, then they deserve it. Like, come on, people. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> just be, just, just be a teacher. Come at me, just boy. be a mentor. That's right. Come at me. <laughs> no, yeah. but sincerely, like, like, <laughs> don't worry about so your work. You know, like you're never secure with a company or an artist anyway. You're only secure in your because you're good at what you do, and so you know, and the and the yeah. relationships that you have, knowing that, and so teach, mm -hmm. just help these people. If you see somebody that has potential, push them in the direction to want to wanna like, hey, did you know that you can actually make a great career out of this? If, it's, if you see a stagehand that is a little bit more curious, feed it. Just feed it because we need them. Yeah. You're going to see that stagehand again, possibly. Yeah. So we need them. And there's enough for everyone, man. Like I can, I could probably help a hundred people a day get on tour and there's still till the day I die and there's still will be more tours than available crew people. Man. Well, that's good. I mean, it's good. It's good that we've got those availability, that availability. And I think the hard part is it, it takes a little bit to onboard, but you know, this availability, like take advantage of that because it hasn't always been that way. And you know, it's a very sought after job. A lot of people want it and you heard it from Kenny. Jobs are open. They're ready for you. So just start locally and, yeah. you know, move your way up. With that being said, I'm sure we could keep going. That hour flew by oh, fast. I think we're even a little bit over. But, <laughs> hey, I have no qualms with that. That is fine. I will happily go on. But um, where can our... Uh, thank you so much for coming yeah. on, by the way. That was, this pleasure. is awesome. I love listening to you. I got <laughs> notes for quotes. Me I got, too. like, I learned a lot. So I really appreciate it. Um, where can people find you and keep in mind, I will put all of these links in the captions. So you don't really need to yeah. like spell it out. I got you on that, but if you just want to drop the things you are doing so that people can, you know, 
further their learning. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, uh, backstage crew careers on Instagram is, is the, the, the newest Instagram where I'm collecting up people. That's kind of where I'm putting all of the, the, um, career growth knowledge and stuff. You can also find me on Facebook for you Facebookers. It's forward slash Kenny Barnwell, um, crew coach, crew coach, uh, is our coaching program. It's currently closed for enrollment right now. Um, but you can find the link for crew coach at the Instagram at backstage crew careers, but yeah, just backstage crew careers. Do you know when that'll open up again? Like when will you yeah, do we're your next open one? Crew coach again, I believe in September. Well, actually enrollment will be reopened in August. Right now we have 50 people going through the program. Uh, we keep it small group coaching and okay. uh, it'll be open back up. It's specifically coaching for touring crew. Um, whether you're aspiring to get on tour yeah. or you're currently at, uh, on tour and you're just trying to figure out how to can reconnect with the next level. Uh, that's who this, this is for. Yeah. That's right. Find, Find that, that next growth. level. It's always about the next step that we're doing with our career, by the way. And I think the next step for your listeners is to go follow us at Backstage Crew Careers on Instagram um, or friend me or follow me at Facebook forward slash Kenny Barnwell. Well, we've got some great people, especially on our Discord and Patreon that are very active and persistent with this. And I think this will definitely solve a few of their yeah. problems. Hey. I just gave you a follow. I got it. Backstage Career Education. Yes. I like this. This is great. Well done on initiating all these things because I know how hard, yes. and we talked prior to this, and how persistent you have to be to make stuff happen. And well, you've got a lot going on. <laughs> you got a family and a career. That's like twice as many no, things I as I've ever handled. You, Adam. I mean, sincerely, man, 80-something episodes of this. It's like, you know, what changed my career was awareness. And so one cool thing about what you're doing, Adam, and one yeah. thing that I really respect a ton is bringing awareness to this because the awareness alone changed my life. And because you're bringing awareness to someone, Mm -hmm. you literally could change someone's life from doing this podcast. So I really appreciate what you're doing, man. Thank you. Hey, man, I think that every time I ever do a talk or a speech, I'm going to call you up because I think I just need you to intro (laughs) me or just talk to me for 10 minutes before I do it. Just so I can be like, I don't know what I'm doing, but that guy does. So just listen to him. Cause I'm a little more math, but he's got this. On <laughs> Man, I appreciate you <laughs> sincerely. And I'm, and I'm so stoked to get to share this message, continue to share this message. Cause it, it's so near and dear to me, man. We, we need you folks. Uh, we need people that are excited about the event business and touring and the shows cliche as it is, we'll always go on with or without you, but I'd rather just have you here. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kenny. Have a good rest of your week. And I look forward to meeting you in real life. I know it'll Thanks, happen. Adam. Take care. Probably.